around my team, yeah, we off the leash. You could look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Gotta keep your guard up, cause with everything we draw, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to We're Live, Pal, a Podski Wee Wee postgame show. The Ticats lose to the Argonauts 30-15 to and drop to 2-4 in the season. I am Mike Graham, and I'm joined as always by my podcast partner, Josh Smith. Josh, another tough loss for the Ticats. Yeah, this should take, what, about 15 minutes? Because this game was dog shit. This team is coached by stupid people. And, uh, yeah, we, we should be in and out here in a quick time, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you pretty much summed it up there. A very disappointing <laughs> uh, performance all around. I mean, they made the push near the end of the game, but we'll go through the the game rundown here and um, and then get on with our evenings. Uh, first quarter, Argos connect on a deep ball, a ridiculous throw. Uh, Chad Kelly is about to get sacked, but gets the ball off, and then uh, a one-handed catch by Percet. That wasn't a very good start to the game. A couple of uh, Olegans put them on the one. Cats take two penalties on the same play on the one yard line. Argos punch in. It's seven nothing. Uh, pretty good first drive for the Argonauts. Yeah, and like I'm, we'll get to it obviously later because the end of the game had this had a very similar sort of finish mm-hmm. as well. Argos last touchdown drive that is, but the penalty on. I think it was the opening drive. I think there was a the penalty was taken by uh, Jameer Thurman. I I just don't understand what the defense defensive player is supposed to do in that situation. They're driving to go over the over the goal line. They're stuffing him. The whistle doesn't blow, and it looked to me like he was trying to knock the ball out. If the whistle hasn't gone, then you're the play. Like it's it's stuff like that. These ticky tack penalties, and we saw it later in the game. I thought that the uh, the roughing the the quarterback call, the, the necessary roughness call on, on Taylor Powell later in the game, I thought was a little little scratching to me, simply because he was a runner and the contact look like came before he started to slide. But we'll we'll get into that later on, I would I would presume. But I don't know. Like just yeah, it was it, a it was mask. A, it was a face oh, mask. Oh, it was a face mask? Yeah, he got him by the oh, face mask. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was rough in the past. Okay, face mask, okay, that's a different story then. Um, I don't know. It's just it was it really kind of sucked the air out of the uh, out of this out of the stadium when when that the, the first play of the game is just a heave down the field for a mm-hmm. big catch. You're just like, oh, it's going to be this type yeah. of game. And for the first half, it it was, and then obviously things got a little better in the second half. But again, I'll I'll let you go through everything chronologically, and then we'll get into everything else. So it was a seven play, sixty sixty six yard drive for the Argonauts on their first. Touch of the ball. Powell completes a first pass to Duke for a first down. 
another completion pass to Williams for a first down. Duke really got involved early on in this game, especially in that first half. Yeah, and I think that that's a really good sign just because he was so invisible. Like last week, he had to take one target go his way, uh, but didn't salt, didn't didn't pout, didn't do anything like that. And then to see him kind of be in a, in a lot of ways, uh, it was it was him and Terry Godwin who were the go-tos for Powell, but it was Duke that kind of got him in a rhythm, somewhat of a rhythm early, although the offense sputtered for almost the entire first half. So it, it was nice to see Duke get, get involved, though, because I think the more he's involved, the better the offense can be. Yeah, the tor- the the Ticats are forced to punt on the on the first drive. Later on, Thurman gets a sack, forcing the Argos to punt, uh, but the Ticats don't do anything. Leak with a good return up to midfield for the Argonauts. You know, you thought they were, that they were going to pin them deep there, but Leak takes it to to about midfield. Um, a great tackle by Richard Leonard to keep Coxie or Coxie short of the first down. Argos punt again. Uh, Ty gets get stuffed for a loss on a wide receiver screen. Uh, terrible blocking by whoever was the wide receivers that were supposed to block. It, the the, the Argonauts defender just went right by them, stuffed them in the backfield for a loss. This seemed to be a, a reoccurring theme. You know, those wide receiver screens just aren't working for the Ty Cats. Yeah, and I was a little disappointed to see the game plan in the first half. It's funny because they, they got down by so much, and then the second half they kind of had to air it out, and I thought that that's when they played they played their best football. Like, I, I thought Hamilton was much better in the second half than they were in the first half. I mean, the scoreboard shows that they only scored 15 points, but 12 of those came in, in the second half. I, I just don't understand. Going into this game, I, we talked about it on the show we talked about it on the gambling show we did it on Patreon. I talked about it on my own show. We talked about it on the podcast, the regular podcast, just what I had seen from this, from what they were doing in practice, they were going to let Powell air it out and they didn't early on. And then they finally do in a second half. And that's when things started to get a little bit better. So it's just these wide receiver screens, these, these short passes, it doesn't seem to be what works for him. So I just, I just don't understand why they didn't go to what they were doing later earlier because did, they did have some success there. It's just, again, game planning. I mentioned at the top of the show that I think this team is coached by idiots. I will get into that a lot later and in, in more in depth. It's my big takeaway, just some of the mental mistakes that are from the coaching staff, not the players on the coaching staff, just irritate me to no end. Friends, 7 nothing Argonauts. We get into the second quarter. Argos marched down the field. Kelly's looking really good. And then they cap it off. Kelly to Giddens Jr. for the nine-yard touchdown. 14-0 Argonauts. Uh, Seven-play, 71-yard drive. Yeah, and he beat Tunde on the touchdown. And I, I believe that they pulled him late in the game. I don't know if it was injury-related or not. But he did not look good at halfback in this one. And uh, I, I don't know if you can go back to – I was excited to see what they could do with that defensive secondary. And and Kelly picked him apart, especially in the first half. Just uh, torched him through the air and – you hate to see it, but it is what it is. Uh, Powell throws an interception for a pick six, but it gets called back on an illegal block. But the the interception stands. Uh, Kelly to Daniels for a thirty two yard touchdown. Argos up twenty to nothing after uh, Bede <laughs> misses the extra point with uh, eight minutes left in the in the first half. Uh, you know they're just the Argonauts just rolling right now. Uh, Powell to Butler yeah. on a screen pass for a nice was, um was yep, go, Daniel's go touchdown was one where he bounces off like two tacklers, right? 
yeah, I believe Castantonis was one of them. Uh, I forget who the other tackler was, but it Just, wasn't a it, very good. It look. seems like they 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 keep going for the big hit instead of trying to wrap guys up, and and this is yeah. the the result of it. I just lots of problems on this defense, as far as I'm concerned. I, I would agree with that. Uh, Powell to Butler on the screen pass for a nice gain, but then Riley takes a procedure penalty, making it second and ten. Uh, they don't get the first down. They throw like a five yard pass. Ticats forced to punt again. The offensive line really hurt this team, I thought, with penalties tonight. Yeah, penalties and not opening up any running lanes for the running back. Like James Butler was next to invisible tonight. Eight carries. I'm looking at stats. Eight carries for 14 yards. Just not good enough. And a lot of that was because there were no holes for him to run to. And then you talk about some of the screen passes they ran. Some of them. Some, the line was piss poor tonight. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Uh, the onside punt is successful for the Ticats. A little bit of a uh, flashback to yesteryears with uh, Jeff Reinbold. Hamilton gets the ball at the Argonauts' 33-yard line. Uh, that was nice to see, no? It was nice to see, but then, again, I'm, I don't want to be too negative, but, I mean, it's hard not to be negative when they lose by 16 at home. They had two really good special teams plays in this game. And they settled for field goals after both of them. And there's the difference in the – that's – when when you're pulling out those those tricks, like that that drive needed to be with six. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that had to be a touchdown drive. And for it to end in a field goal, you're like, oh, they got points and they broke this, the goose egg, yada, yada. It's, it's still not good enough. Against a team like Toronto, you have to score touchdowns. And when you're pulling out those trick plays to steal possessions, and it was an a, a incredibly – executed. I mean, it was almost boxed by Flowers Lloyd, who went to touch the ball himself, and he was not onside. Thankfully, Nick Cross got up there and, and caught it himself. But if you're pulling those things out, you, you're you doing it to score touchdowns, to come over the field goal. It's just very difficult. Play itself, fantastic. I, I want to see that more often. It, was, it, was, it couldn't have been more perfectly executed. Powell to Godwin for a big gain to the 11-yard line, but the Ticats settle for three again. Or not again, but this will be a, a reoccurring theme in this game. It's 20-3 to with 151 left in the half. After that, Edwards gets a sack, forcing the Argonauts to punt with 138 left in the half. Tigets go 2-0, and out, forced to punt. Argos get the ball with 17 seconds left. But the half ends 20-3 to Argonauts. I thought for certain that Chris Edwards was going to get some... I thought he was going to get ejected, quite frankly. He... There were a number of times where he would – at one point, I think he pushed an Argo player's head into the ground after he tackled him and was getting up. And he's flexing and John and the other team. Like, I thought for certain that he was going to get tossed in this one, and he didn't. But – and then I, as far as I know, there were no shenanigans after the whistle with him either. But I was – I would if you would have come to me after the first quarter at halftime and said, hey, man, I'll give you two-to-one odds that Chris Edwards gets thrown out, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. But, uh, you know, I guess he kept his cool a little bit. Uh, start the third quarter, we get a big return from McAllister to the Argonauts' 27-yard line. But the Ticats go two and out, and they settle three. It's 20-6, to six, Argonauts. That's again, uh, again, that you get a big special teams play, and you're set, like, you, go, you, you get those plays. You, you It's like, they, they didn't get a turnover in this game, but you get a big play on special teams, you get another big play on special teams. You, you pull those things out, and you don't score touchdowns on them. That's why you lose football games. The Argonauts get the three back. It's 23-6. to six. Uh, the ba- uh, Shortly after that, back-to-back sacks for the Argonauts. 
Ticats punt again. Argos take face masks on a sack, though. Extend drive for the Ticats. The Ticats gamble on third and three and get the first down pass to Butler out of the backfield. Um, but then, you know, Revenberg takes a misconduct penalty inside the five-yard line. It's a 15-yard penalty, and we're, you know, we're taking another three at the start of the uh, start of the fourth quarter. Not a very good game for Revenberg. No, but that's some of the stupid. Like I'm, I'm going to talk about coaching stupidity, but that's some of the stupidity. Like you can't take that penalty. Like I no. don't care what. Like there's no excuse. It would have been second and goal from the two and second and goal from the seventeen. Mm-hmm. You're pretty, they, and which they almost completed. Mm-hmm. By the way, it was a it was a nice pass to Duke Williams that the, the Argos defender just made a nice play on. But you you talk about you get the ball down to the two. Add, add four more points to the scoring line. You do the onside punt, add four more points. Like the three field goals they settled for early, if those all result in touchdowns, well, now we're looking at a much closer game and a game in which maybe they're kicking a field goal at the end. You know what I mean? Like just, again, silly, silly, silly stuff that hurts them in the long run, hurts them in the short term, just hurts them completely because – you lose a game by 16, and we've got to remember the Argos scored late in the game to, to make this score this. The, the Ticats could have had a lead in this game late in the fourth quarter if they would have converted those field goals into touchdowns, and they had the opportunity to do so. It's not as if they lucked into the – like that drive that, that got down to the two was a really good drive by the Ticats. I thought that was when Taylor Powell kind of came into his own. They let him throw the ball. He was slinging on the, the yard. He was they, they let him gamble on third down, he gets the completion to Butler who then makes a guy miss and then picks up some extra yardage. But you, you, you're left, you left 12 points on the board. You left 12 points on the field, I should say in a game that you ultimately lose by 16, but you add those 12 points and you, you have a lead as the Argos are It's just, it's these little things that just hurt you overall. And that's why the team is in the spot that they're in. So the Ticats have to settle for three, as I mentioned. It's 23-9 to nine with 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Argos go two and out, uh, and then they take a too-many men penalty on a punt, which makes the Ticats, uh, extends a Ticat drive, and they get a first down out of that. The Ticats drive for a TD capped off by a 14-yard run by Powell. Um, like you said, you just said, a really good drive by the Ticats there. Powell looked looked the best that he did in the whole game. He did, and, and he got better as the game went along, and I think that that's really – I think that bodes well for what he could do if he has to start a couple more games for this team before before Bo comes back. I, I got to be honest with you, I think not early on, but in that second half, I think that's the best quarterbacking we've seen from a Ticats QB this year. That second half from, from Powell, the fourth quarter especially, I thought was the best we'd seen from, from someone taking snaps. And, I mean, that might be an indictment of what we've seen so far, but it's also, I think – praise for a kid who in his first career didn't look like he made his mistakes as you, as you expect, but I, I thought played a, a pretty good game. And I think late in the game when you're down two scores and he gets them to within one score, I, that shows me that he, maybe he's got something to be a, a guy in this league. And Hey, he got over that two fifteen number that, uh, I was betting <laughs> on him being after. So, so there we go. Uh, seven, uh, seven play 65 yard drive from the tie cats. Legio misses the extra point. It's 23 to 15 Argonauts with 441 left on the clock. Can but I, the, can I ask the, you something? At that, that point, did you think that they were going to go, they were going to hold the Argos to nothing, uh, get the ball back, 
march down the field, score a touchdown, and then go for two and miss it and lose the game by two? Is that where you? Because that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I, I thought that there was a definite possibility because, you know, it just seems that they that would be a tie cat thing to get you know so close to the comeback and then fail on the two point conversion, but. It didn't happen that way. You know, the, the Argonauts answered right back. Kelly hits Daniels for a 35-yard gain, and then Olette with a big run. The Argos score a touchdown with 2.03 left in the game. It's 30-15, to 15, and that was the final score. Uh, you know, the, every time the Ticats kind of got close in this one, or they didn't even get close, really, but the Argos, Argos seemed to have an answer, and especially on that last time, you know, that last drive, they needed to answer back to, you know, take it out of uh, the Ticats' hands, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and because the Ticats didn't make them pay for the mistakes they made early, allowing the onside punt to happen, giving up a big return, marching, getting a third down conversion. Like The reason the Argos were able to win this game was simply because the Ticats made too many. Because quite frankly, after the third touchdown they scored with what, I think you said eight minutes left in the second quarter, they did nothing essentially until – two minutes left in the game when they had that drive to, to ice the game. You know what I mean? Like it was a good quarter, quarter and a half, maybe almost two full quarters where the Argos did jack. And if Hamilton would have been able to convert those field goals into touchdowns, I think we're talking about a tie catch victory tonight, quite frankly, because I think that that momentum would have carried over throughout the rest of the game. Taylor Powell would have had a lot more confidence in himself after driving. Cause like you, I'm sure you saw it because you're on television, but he was pumped up after he ran in for that score to make, to yeah. make it a, a, an eight point game. So like if, if they could have done a little bit more, been a little bit more disciplined, I think that, that they could have won this football game. Like I think this, the 16 point margin of victory isn't indicative of, where this game could have gone if Hamilton didn't make so many stupid mistakes. Well, we'll get into some individual performances and some uh, some positional performances now. Uh, what do you think of Powell overall? First half, he struggled, as, as I think it should have been expected. But I think in the second half, he showed, like I said earlier, that he, mm-hmm. he's got some skills to play in this league. It's Again, it's one game. It's a small sample size, but I liked what I saw, especially when they let him – they finally let him loose and let him throw the ball. I thought that he made some really good decisions most of the time. I think he got no help from his offensive line. I think there were times when he wanted to go deep with the ball and just couldn't because the pass rush got there so quickly. But, look, to me it's a it's a B performance, maybe a B minus, maybe, maybe a B because I'm grading on a little bit of a curve because it's his first his first ever start. But – I wasn't unimpressed. I don't think this they lost because of him. I think there were a number of other factors. If if we're listing like the top ten reasons why the Ticats lost this game, Taylor Powell is nine or ten or not even on the list. You know what I mean? I thought he played perfectly fine. For a guy making his first career start, what more can he ask for, really? Yeah, I would agree. I I, I thought he played really well for a, a first career start. No quarterback really lights it up you know, this early on in his career. So I thought he came in and, and did a, a decent job tonight. A uh, bit of a breakout really, game. Re- Go ahead. I was going to say, he really only had the one mistake with the interception. Like there were a couple of times where I think he, there was one deep pass to Terry Godwin where it looked like they weren't on the same page, but I, and seeing it at the stadium, it looked like Godwin was, was the one who was taking the blame for that. He read the, the coverage wrong. Mm-hmm. There was another one where he, 
he threw over Godwin and tried to hit Tim White with a pass that if he would have hit Godwin, Godwin could have picked up the first down. He, he had some drops. Keandre Smith, I think, dropped a key one that, that maybe if he catches it, makes a guy miss, picks up a first down, extends a drive. But I think the only real mistake he made was on the interception and that he bobbled the snap a little bit and then tossed it probably where it shouldn't have gone at that point. And that was really it. And if, if a rookie quarterback making his first career start really only makes one, maybe two mistakes at most, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good performance. Terry Godwin with a bit of a breakout performance tonight, seven receptions for uh, 103 yards. He looked good. Yeah, he, he seemed to be the – he was the guy in the second half. Duke was the guy in the first half that was really Powell's uh, – safety blanket and then Godwin became it in in the second half and made some guys miss made some really nice catches especially down the sideline made a couple of key key catches to pick up some first downs yeah it was it was nice to see him kind of have a breakout game yeah Duke you mentioned Duke Williams he uh he had a good game as well six receptions for 65 yards um but a guy who didn't really have a good game Tim White I don't think he had any catches didn't catch a pass zero receptions zero yards no and this is kind of what he does, though. If you remember, go back to last year at this time. He was kind of struggling early in the year, and then he, then there was a breakout game against the Alouettes, and then it was he was off and off and running. He's had a couple of decent games. He had a touchdown last week, but he doesn't get targeted a lot. And if he doesn't kind of hit a big one, like if he doesn't get one of those long catches, his numbers don't really reflect what a number one receiver should be. And tonight was, I think. I just think the game plan was was not necessarily to get him involved. They, they tried to take some shots deep. But I don't think he was open. Um, but yeah, pretty invisible. I mean, literally invisible tonight. When you when you go when you goose egg it all around, it's uh, it's not a good night for you. The O line was just not very good tonight, were they? Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. They were terrible. There's yeah. no. They could. They Powell was running for his life way too much. He. It, the pressure would get to him up the middle. He tried. He at one point, I think Brandon Kemp, I think it was, grabbed him and almost looked like he was trying to sack him himself, which was very reminiscent to me of last year when Alex Fontana stripped Dane Evans of the ball <laughs> against. I think it was it was either Ottawa or Edmonton. I don't remember who it was. And it's just like when you can't even get out of the way, like just, it's not it's not good. And and no, I don't. They didn't open up any holes in the run game. Yeah. I don't think they gave Powell enough time, at least during the meat of this game where it really made a difference. I don't really think that they did a lot to, to help him out either. They they were piss poor tonight without a doubt. Yeah, James Butler goes from a a nine yard average to a one point eight yard average in this one. So uh you know that I guess that's the difference between the playing the Elks and playing the Argonauts. Yeah, the holes just weren't there for him tonight. And that's a a, a credit to Toronto's defense for not letting him beat him because the game plan, you would think, and then the Argos have us have a smart coaching staff, unlike the Thai Cats, in my opinion. The uh, they knew they probably do. They want to use James Butler a lot because they want to they want to try to shorten this game and take the ball to the hands of a rookie quarterback so that he won't make mistakes. And they keyed in on that. And they did a really good job of stop stopping it. And it also helps that Hamilton's offensive line couldn't open a hole to save their lives. So. A lot of, in my opinion, it's it's probably 75-25 to do with the Argos being better tonight. Um, but the offensive line was just just atrocious. And, and I'm not even going to put that on Butler. Butler, you, you can only run where there's holes. And if there aren't none, you're, you're screwed. And that's just what we saw tonight. So the, the defense gives up 20 points in that first half. 11 in the second half. You know, they were dreadful in the first half. But they, they showed improvements 
kind of kept the Tiger Cats, you know, lingering around in this one. But overall, not really a great performance from them either. No, when you give up 30 points, it's never good. And the thing the thing with them was is they started terribly. The middle of the game, they I thought they were they were pretty darn impressive. But then when they needed to get a stop, and this has mm-hmm. been a Mark Washington thing since since he was here, even when this team went 15-3, when they needed to get a stop, they couldn't. And that if they get a stop on that Argos drive after Legio misses the extra point, well, the Ticats get the ball back with about three minutes left, down eight, anything can happen. But they give up a big drive, give up a long drive, give up a touchdown drive, and that's all she wrote. And to me, that, that that's just too typical of what we've seen the last few years from this defense is that they 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 play great when kind of the pressure is not necessarily on. Because it's easy to play good defense when you're down 20 because the Argos are going to probably run a bit of a different offense. They're not looking to – they, they they obviously want to still run up the score, but they're they're playing a little bit more conservatively probably when you have a twenty point lead. And I mean, when when it mattered most, this defense crumbled, and that's kind of the takeaway from this. What'd you make of the special teams tonight? There was a couple of good returns by McAllister. Um, that uh, onside punt play it, it was a pretty good night for them. Yeah, I thought that was probably the best unit on the field for the team. Uh, I thought their coverage units, for the most part, were pretty good. Uh, there was, you, I think you mentioned there was one big return by by Leak, but other than that, I thought that they hemmed in the Argos punt and kick return pretty pretty well. So yeah, I would say it was. I, look, no one's getting an A for this performance, but I think that was that was a pretty good game from from the special team side of the ball. Once again, penalties were an issue tonight for the Tiger Cats. Uh, and stupid seems, ones. Yeah, they take them at the inopportune times, you know what I mean? Like like they're inside the five-yard five yard line, it's second down and, and goal from the three. And then they take a 15-yard a penalty and it's, it's second and goal from the 18. Just stuff like that that just makes you want to rip your hair out. Yeah, it's, it's idiocy. It's like this might be the dumbest team we've ever covered, Mike. Like, they're just – they do stupid things that just make you shake your head. Like, it's not even – it's not like – I don't think they beat themselves because I think the Argos are good enough where even if the Ticats play their A game, I think the Argos this year could beat them anyway. But they didn't do themselves any favors by being dumb. And they, they did too much dumb stuff. Like, they took a they, – they get a great punt and a great – uh, they, they t- I think I think the punt goes out of bounds like the nine yard line, and the first play after the punt, they get a too many men on the field call because someone sent Jonathan Kongbo out there, and then no one came off the field, and there was like barely any time left in the play clock, so you knew the Argos were going to snap the ball, and then they snap the ball, and they get the free ten yards, and it's just like, what are we doing? Like, how does this keep happening? It, it, it A couple weeks ago when they played Ottawa, they had 11 men on the field for the final play of the game. Like, how we, we are seven weeks into the season. How is this stuff still happening? It's inexcusable, in my opinion. And to me, I put it on the coaching staff. I put it on the coaching staff that they can't get this simple stuff straightened out. And people wonder why the offense and the defense and everybody, they're not doing all these, like, crazy stuff they they can't get the basics right and if you can't get the basics right you're not throwing in trick plays and all that other sorts of stuff it's just it's mind-boggling how dumb this team can be sometimes 
You want to get into the Twitter stuff now, Josh? Yeah, sure. I'm sure it's a, a lot of the, what we've been saying anyway. Just yeah, the team stinks. Yeah. It was a piss poor performance. It, I'm, yeah, but let's get into it anyway. Maybe, maybe someone will make us laugh. From Angelone1078, Condell and Washington need to go and probably Coach O, but stuck with them until end of year. Coaching salary cap issues and poor personnel decisions start rebuilding for next year. Okay, but the Cats won't have coaching cap issues because they haven't fired anyone. Like, this is the same coaching staff that's been with this team now for four seasons. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, the idea so they that they can't the shit. No, and I don't believe Steinhauer might be, might have signed an extension a couple of years ago when they, when he became the president of football operations. I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to look, look that up, but he might have signed an extension. But I'm fairly certain that both Condell and Washington signed two year extensions at the start of the last season. So they're in the final year of their contract. So even if they fired him, they're only paying him out till the end of the year. But the thing is, I don't necessarily like, I think the coaching staff is, is, is dumb because of these mental mistakes that keep happening. But who, who are you what, like, okay. So you, you, you fire the three main making Jeff Reinbold, the head coach. Like we know that that's a disaster waiting to happen. There's no one else on staff that can really do it. And as much as everyone says, what about Scott Milanovic? I don't know how many times I need to say it. He's not here. He, he's, he's a part-time guy. He has not been in Hamilton since the end of training camp. I don't think he wants to be an interim head coach in the CFL. I think he wants to keep his options open. I just, if, if you fire everyone now, and, they're, and again, they're two and four and half a game out of second place in the division. So it's not as if, and they play Montreal in a couple of weeks. Like, it's not as if, oh, they're, they're, they're done They've lost to the Argos twice, a team that, quite frankly, should beat them. They lost to the Bombers, who, quite frankly, they're not as good at. And they lost to Mike, who's a team that they're going to be fighting for second place in the division, most likely. So it's not as if they're it, – it, they didn't lose to Edmonton. They didn't lose to Ottawa. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're beating the teams. We, we, I guess what I should say is we found out where they are in the pecking order of this league. We know that they're not at the top with, with your Winnipegs and Torontos and BCs. And they're not at the bottom with Edmonton. They're in that fat, juicy middle with Calgary and Saskatchewan and, and Montreal. So that's where they are. Maybe they strike lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? And, and they make the playoffs and they go on a run. That can happen. We've seen mediocre teams do that in this division before. We've seen the Ticats do that before. I don't necessarily think shit canning the entire coaching staff is going to make all that much of a difference. In fact, I think it will regress the team. Now, maybe it's, it's good for the long-term future of the club. But for this season right now, they're still very much in the hunt. It's not like this loss buries them in the division or anything. Like, I don't know. I, the, the idea that they just, just everyone's got to go, but that they can't fire them because of the coaching cap. Like that's just, I, I understand that's an excuse being used out in Edmonton because they've, they've let go of like four head coaches in the last like five years. That, that shouldn't be an issue here just based on what we know of, of the math involved. And this team just doesn't fire coaches. So I don't see why that's an issue. Next one's from PKA Ticat fan. Argos suck, and that's facts uh, in the mockery <laughs> sense. Well, listen, I put out that tweet, and it was just a, a rivalry tweet. Obviously, the Argonauts don't suck this year, like the team itself, but they, they do suck. So I'm sorry. They just yeah. Don't. 
Like it, no, it they matter. do suck. Like I don't, I don't care if they're five and zero. They still suck. Okay, enough, enough. The, Ar- the Argos uh, could win. Here's the thing: the Argos could win the Grey Cup every year for the rest of our lives. They would yeah, still, suck. still suck. Like it's just, I just, it's just, it's just science. Like that's just how it works. Yeah, yeah, it's facts. It's facts. From David Irvine, been a fan since the early '70s. Very grateful that Bob saved the club during the dark years. Heard his pregame interview, and it's still the same flavor. Golly gee, Willikers, we will we will get them next time. Check out the new merch coming up and buy Grey Cup tickets. I'm over it. Yeah, but what's he supposed to do? He's the owner. Like he's supposed to say, "Well, the sky's falling. Don't come to the games. We suck." Like that's that's what you're gonna. That's who. That's that's what the owner does. Like I, I don't know. That that that's a silly comment to me. Uh, from Gavin Bailey, we continue to like seriously. Hold on, hold on. Like, like, see, like seriously, are we blaming the owner for this? Like, is that where we're going now? Like, this team's not bad because of the ownership. This team's not bad because of Scott. Like, it, place the blame where it belongs. It belongs in the coaches and the players, and I think it mostly belongs in the coaches. Quite frankly, it's, I, and I think a lot of it should be focused on Orlando Steinauer, and more so than I think anyone else. Like, yeah, he's the top guy. Here he's the guy. Bob, but if we're sitting here play, blaming Bob Young for for this, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? He's not coaching the team. He's not playing. Like, come on. No. There's and I'm just, nothing... I, can, I understand being I understand being critical of Bob Young. I mean, I I know we've talked about this on the show before. Like, he's a billionaire, and he gives off the like he's the everyman, but he's a bloody billionaire. And billionaires only become billionaires by being cutthroat. He's he's a shrewd businessman, but he's not to blame for this. This is he's still writing checks. He's still funding the team it's the guys underneath him it's the people making the football decisions it's the players in the field not executing plays like let's 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 get our head on straight here you can if you want to be negative about bob young go crazy i'm not going to say i'm not going to he's not family i don't have to defend him but i'm just saying if this is if this is where we're going with our criticism i I don't know that seems out there to me don't you think like am i am i on a line here no, no, like that's just how Bob Young is with the golly gee willikers kind of shtick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I could see maybe some being somewhat annoyed uh, with that a little bit. But, but I, I, you know, that's just who he is. That's what he puts out into the atmosphere. And, you know, he's, he wants to sell the team and, and all that stuff. And you're right. You just, he, he's not going to be like, oh, we suck. Like, you know, don't buy tickets to the game. So, yeah. I'm with you. That's just like, what's he supposed to do? Like, what's he supposed to do in that situation? He's 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 a he's a salesman. He's trying to like I don't know. I just feel as if if we're getting to the the blaming Bob Young segment of this, I I just think we've lost the plot a little bit here. From Gavin Bailey, we continued to shoot ourselves in the foot. O line constantly collapsed and didn't allow our QB really any time to check any of his reads. Too many short passes and the screens never worked. So we should keep trying. Couldn't get the run game going and penalties out the ass. Yeah, I, I honestly, the more I think about it, I think the screen game was used so frequently because the offensive line couldn't block anybody. And the only way that you can even a- attempt to make a play is by throwing short passes to your playmakers and telling them to go make a play. You know what I mean? Like, you can't throw deep if you can't get protection, and they had no protection tonight. So... I was as frustrated by anyone's game plan in, in that regards, but in thinking about it a little bit more, maybe it was just the adjustment they had to make because they knew they couldn't block the Argos. And if you can't give the quarterback time, you can't ask him to hold the ball for three seconds and four seconds and 
wait for a long gestating developing play. You got to get out of his hands quickly. So maybe that's the reason why they did it so frequently. Jacob Downs, pathetic play calling by Tommy Condell mixed with no time for Powell to let it rip. Defense was good in the second half. Just the offense let us down once again. Okay. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question here. Are you putting any, are you put, are you blaming Condell for this? I've, I've taken my 40 lashes for defending Tommy Condell. And I hate that I have to do it because I do think that he's been underwhelming as an offensive coordinator for the better part of three seasons now. But like I just said, what part of this game plan was, was so bad that you can blame him for? Like, do you not think that, again, like I just said, do you not think that the, some of the plays they had to execute were simply because they couldn't do what they wanted to do? Am I, am I out to lunch here? Like, if light into me, if you want about, about this, but I just don't think you can blame the play caller. If the players aren't executing what they need to execute. No, I would agree. Even on the, like I thought the wide receiver screens, they go to them too often, but if the blocks are there, then the play should work and the blocks just weren't there. And we've seen it time and time again, like earlier on in the year when Tim white got lit up and he, and he, and he took it out on, uh, on whoever the, the receiver was that was supposed to block. Tyler Trinowski. Tyler Trinowski. And I think it was Keandre Smith tonight that, that let, you know, didn't block for, for a wide receiver screen on the play. And, you know, they get five yards, they get tackled five yards behind the line of scrimmage. So um, I wish he wouldn't go to those wide receiver screens so much, but it's probably a case of having the third string quarterback in there and, you know, trying to uh, give him high percentage passes. And they, they just, weren't executed properly. So no, I, I don't think Tommy Contell was great tonight calling plays, but I also wouldn't put the blame on him at all. No. And when you have an offensive all line of that couldn't block a fucking high school team, what are you supposed that's to do? True. Yep. That's, that's true as well. So um, there's lots of blame to be passed around. It's, it's not all on Tommy Condell. That's for sure. From gold bow tie for life. I thought Powell looked promising. I think with Schultz, what you see is what you get, but Powell may have a higher ceiling. Could be the beer talking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think I it agree, is. Though. I agree, though. Yeah. I don't think it's the beer talking. I think that he – there's always the intrigue of the unknown, but he's right. We know exactly what Matthew Schultz is. And if we ever get the opportunity – I mean, look, I hope Bo comes back and hope Bo lights it up when he returns. But if Powell's got to play some more – especially because I believe next week they, they go to Ottawa. So that should be a little bit easier of a task. I'd like to see them open this up a little bit more because I do think what we know of Matthew Schultz is he's great at throwing the long ball. He's great at running. He's terrible. His, his short ball accuracy is atrocious. Powell's short ball accuracy was actually pretty good tonight. He was putting the ball, like, again, it might've only been five or seven yard catches, but he was putting it on the receiver and sometimes the receiver dropped him. Sometimes it went right there when sometimes it wasn't enough for a first down, but that's neither here nor there. I'd like to see more of him. I, I think he's, I, I don't think, I didn't have any beer because I don't drink at games. I think he has a higher upside than, than Matthew Schultz. I think we know, like you said, we know exactly what Matthew Schultz is as a quarterback. I think there's more intrigue. I think Powell can do more. Small sample size. I'd like to see a little bit more of it. From Andy Stanowski. Tigats made a game of it for a while. Ultimately, penalties killed us, and our secondary is leaving receivers wide open. 
Powell made some mistakes, but I thought he was good, and his confidence grew as the game went on. Yeah, the the receivers being open for the Argos was a uh, just there's how many second and long did they convert because there were just guys walking into open space and and Kelly could just yeah. throw it right where he needed to. It was, it was it happened way too often. Again, that comes down to the defensive scheme not being all that great. I don't I don't necessarily think. See, to, for me, I think Mark Washington should be more in a hot seat than Tommy Condell. Because Warp Washington yeah. is not dealing with a ton of injuries, and I mean, mm-hmm. and once we get Dylan Wynn back next week, the excuses are kind of all out the window when it comes to this defense. So maybe I'll give Washington a little bit of a reprieve. But we've been seeing this, and to be fair, you were on this when we hired him back in 2019. That you were a little underwhelmed with this hiring, being that he was a kind of a mediocre DC in BC. He had a great first year here. Proven to be a little bit, you were a little bit prescient with that, with that comment that you made all those years ago. But I don't know, man. You, you look at the Ticats offense; you're dealing with a with a boatload of injuries. Defense, not as many to at least key players. I don't, I don't know. I think more heat needs to be on Mark as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that too many times late in games, there's been comebacks in his tenure. Um, just. I don't know. I just haven't been overly impressed. Like you said, his first year was pretty damn good. But after that, it's, it's, it's not been great. So, And he's had a lot of talent uh, with his defenses over the years. So uh, we'll see how it goes going forward. From uh, from Jake Peck, I've never seen a team shoot themselves in, this fo- in the foot this many damn times. Yeah. Just keep watching yeah. Ticats football. You'll see it over and over again. Yeah, I can't yeah, tell you how many times you and I how many years have we been watching this team, Mike, and how many times have we seen them look like garbage? So this ain't a this is old hat for us old folks. Yeah, I think Jake Peck is a little bit younger than us, so uh don't worry, Jake. You'll uh you'll you'll be disappointed in time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, don't worry, it'll get worse. <laughs> yep, don't worry. From Hammy A Hole, no real offense. They had a week to coach the kid up, no excuses. Okay, but the, I don't. I'm assuming by kid he means Powell. Powell, that's what I assume as well. I, I don't think he looked bad. No, I don't think he From looked. Adam I think Stalker. the players around. I think the Go players ahead. around him let him down more so than than he was to, to blame for this. Like I said when we were talking about him earlier, on the list of problems that this team had tonight, he's so far down the list that he barely even makes it. Yeah, a little bit of a slow start, but as the game progressed, I thought he would got better and better and better. And you know, the more time he gets, the more reps he gets. You know, maybe, maybe there's something there. From Adam Stalker, Powell looked as good as you'd hope. If he starts next week, I hope he'll be more aggressive, stretching the field. The defense is problematic far too often. There are coverage busts and missed tackles. Last post-game show, I pointed out Beard's high snaps. Tonight, it cost them. I noticed that tonight as well. A lot of high snaps. From yeah. Beard. Is Powell a little bit shorter yeah, I, than the other quarterbacks, do you think? I don't think he's that like, much shorter. Bo's only like – I think the other two guys are only like 6'2". I don't think mm-hmm. he's that much shorter. I'm going to look him up now to get his height, but I don't think he's listed as – no, he's also six two, okay. and I'm pretty sure Bo and and Shelter around that around that size too. Bo might actually be shorter. Hmm. Bo. Yeah, I think Bo's around six. No, Bo, yeah, six no, Bo's Bo's six two. Okay. 
And uh, Matt Schultz, I think, is also 6'2". Right. Oh, Matt, Matt Schultz is 6'3". So barely, there's no difference in their height. But look, everything Adam said, shockingly, I say that sarcastically, was spot on. Uh, kind of just reiterating what we've talked about in this one. So if Adam says it, chances are pretty darn accurate. And I don't disagree with anything he said. From Tiger Sammy. Note to self, never, ever guarantee a Ticats victory. Yeah. Oh, you know what, though? That, to me, falls under the same category as you saying the Argos suck. Like, that's rivalry stuff. That's fandom. Yeah. That's what it's about, man. Like, ten toes down, buddy. Ten, I'm, look, two and four. They just got smoked at home. I'm still ten toes down on this team. So, You're not nine, that's nine what toes down? Fan. Not eight, eight nope, toes down? Nope. You're still ten. Nope, still got still them ten. all. I'm looking. I'm looking. All right. I've got... As gross as this is going to sound to the people listening, I'm looking at my bare feet right now. I still see 10. They're all on the ground. So, no. So, look, that's, but that's fandom. That's fandom, and that's yep. the fun part. Sometimes you shoot your mouth off, and you look like a buffoon. Sometimes you shoot – and you know what? Fortune favors the bold. Keep, keep, keep going out there and guaranteeing stuff. Eventually, you'll be right, and then that's the one that you hang on to is the one you got right versus the seven you got wrong. See, there'll be – you know. Sports tickers around the world will be flashing. Josh Smith is still 10 toes down <laughs> on the Tiger Cats. The, the, the headline on the Hamilton Spectator tomorrow, 10 toes Should down. Should be. Yep. Hey. From Jim Martin, it is so aggravating to watch every T.O. receiver break multiple tackles every time they catch the ball. It is dumbfounding to see someone wide open on every other play. It is frankly astonishing the number of circus catches that are caught. Olette is a wrecking ball. Yeah, I mean, AJ Olette had probably his best game against Hamilton. Actually, I know he had his best game against Hamilton. I did the research on it. He had never had more than 60 yards rushing. I think he had over 80 tonight. And and it was late in the game where he, he had some some power runs. But uh, he's a good running back. There's not much else you can say about that. But Jim Jim's spot on with his assessment there as well, in my opinion. It's just, kind of, kind um, of just reiterating uh, what we've been saying all night. Yep. From Corey Allen. Well, sucks losing Targos. I wasn't upset with what I saw from our quarterback. Stats ain't a thing now. Seems like we once again took a lot of flags. Few plays away from it being a game. Uh, yeah, and then that's yep, kind of what we yep. mentioned. If they, if they turn those field goals into touchdowns, we're talking, we're having a much different conversation right now than we are. But uh, no, Corey was spot on there. That's a good assessment by him. All right, just a couple more, and then we'll. Uh, Go off into the night from Megan ML. The penalties, the throwing for five yards every time we needed 10, the poor coverage, the offensive play calling. So disheartening. Can this team turn it around? I don't know. Oh, they can turn it around. I mean, they're like a half a game back. Montreal's on a bye this week, so they won't get to four losses, but they're half a game back. They got two left against the Owls. Now, this this season's far from over. Me, Getting to first in the division is probably out of the question. Like, look, the Argos aren't going to go undefeated, but I, I mean, we know they're going to lose on Labor Day. That's a guarantee I will make. The Argos are going to come in here on Labor Day and, and lose. They're not going to two Labor Day games in a row. It just doesn't happen. Um, but the second place is still there for the taking. And as we all know, you just got to get into the tournament to make some noise. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, this team still, still can do stuff. But uh, other than that, I agree with everything she said. From Sean C. B., it's going to hurt paying hundreds of dollars to watch the Argos win the Grey Cup on our field. Ticats just aren't in the same league as the Argos right now. 
You want a you want a bold prediction? All right, let's let's hear it. Argos aren't making the Grey Cup. Okay. I think they're going to have a great regular season, and then I think in the East Final, they're going to lose. I don't know if it's going to be Hamilton, Montreal, or Ottawa, but one of those three teams is going to the Grey Cup from the East. If you right now were to say Argos or the field in the East to make the Grey Cup, I would take the field. I just think Mm -hmm. we haven't seen what we – because here – I'm not doubting Chad Kelly. I'm done being in the skeptic category with him. He's been phenomenal this season. He's checked all the boxes. But the only box he has left to check is doing this in a playoff atmosphere. I know we did it in the Great Cup, but it was two drives, one set up by his defense. I think we, we, I think going into this season, one of the reasons I was skeptical on was we put way too much weight on how he played in the final 10 minutes of that game versus how the team played by giving him I mean despite how great Kelly was the blocked field goal that won in the game not a touchdown at the end of the game you know what I mean so if Mark Leggio makes that kick we're not having maybe we didn't go into this offseason talking about Chad Kelly potentially being the next great thing however what I've seen from him this year he's answered any questions that I've had the only one he has left to answer is can he do it on the big stage in the playoffs and we won't know that until we get to the playoffs so until then I'm not going to doubt him, but until but once we get to the playoffs, I just feel like he's going to he's going to at some point have a bad game. No player, no matter how good they are, goes an entire season without shitting the bed a couple of times. It's just you don't want to do it at look look at Dane Evans, 2019 comes in for Jeremiah Masoli, plays pretty darn good, and then gets on the big stage and has his worst game as a Tiger Cat. So I'm I'm I just think. I, I could look like a buffoon in, in four months, but I don't think the Argos are getting to the cup this year. I think some one of these teams, I think it's going to be Hamilton because when the Ticats played the Argos in the playoffs in the last like 25 years, I think the last time the Argos beat the Ticats in the playoffs was 2004. I just think the Ticats are going to find a way to stop them. I, I don't think the Argos are getting back to the cup. I'm not saying the Ticats are going to win the cup because our, our – you know, life as Ticat fans means misery, which means they'll they'll go on this run, they'll get to the cup, and then they'll lose, especially at home again. But I don't think the Argos are going to get there. So, yeah, maybe you spend $100 on those tickets. I don't think you're going to see Toronto in the game. That's my bold prediction. That's where I'm that's where I'm standing at now. And that's coming off a loss. So, Tiger Sammy had put out his guarantee. That's my guarantee. The Argos aren't making the Grey Cup. You're getting about the, the, the famous Cleo Lemon game in 2010 where the Argonauts beat the Ticats. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that. You're right. But that thought, but the Argos right. didn't get to the I cup hope. that year. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, the last the one is from, by Montreal. That, that That is true. That is true. Uh, rightfully so, because that team had no being in the Grey Cup that year. Uh, from Adam Bugs 86 Powell wasn't bad. And has a lot to build on. I hate her play calling across the board. Same old with penalties and broken coverages in the secondary. We don't play complimentary football whatsoever. White is invisible three weeks in a row. It's going to be a long season. I, I don't know. Like last no, it's week, not. everyone. If we, no, no, it's good. no, you're right. It's not. It's going to be 18 <laughs> games as it is every year. It's not going to be a long season. It's going to be the same, same amount of time as it is every single year. But yeah, no, I just no. like. We, everyone's flying high after two wins and now one loss to the to who some people think is the favorite to win the whole damn thing and everyone's spiraling out of control. I, I don't know. To me, it's it's too early in the season. This is not 
this is not a talentless football team. Like we've seen some Ticat teams where it's just we you can watch the game and go, oh, these guys are hopeless. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a hopeless team. I think it's a stupid team. I think they do dumb stuff too much. But I think at some point everything will come together. And I, what did I say? Do you remember what I said at the beginning of the season? I said these guys would struggle to start the year, and then by around Labor Day things would start to click and they'd go on a run. Talk to me after if if by if after Labor Day this team is two and eight or two and what however many games it is, well then maybe you can start worrying about things. But until we get to that point, and I'm not I hate the whole the season doesn't start until Labor Day stuff. I think it's nonsense. The Argos are gonna be so far in front of everybody. Those wins count just as much. Hey everybody, Josh here. You're probably wondering why the live show there ended so abruptly. So What had happened was, for some reason, the last five to six minutes of the live show didn't record on our hosting site, and we were unsure of even if we were going to put the show out as a podcast, but there was some demand for it from some of our listeners wanting to hear our thoughts on the game. So what we've decided to do is just add this little addendum here, letting you know why it took so long to get out. We do apologize for that. Our hope was and plan was to get this show out to you guys in a reasonable amount of time post-game, but unfortunately, technical snafus can happen. We've been really fortunate, though, in the years that we've been doing these post-game shows over a year now that we haven't really had any technical issues. We haven't had really any that I can think of when it comes to the main pod that we've been doing now for eight seasons. So it's just something that came up. We weren't really sure how to deal with it, but we decided just to add this piece here, like I said, and uh, kind of explain to you guys what's going on. Cause the one thing we always want to do is be honest with our audience. You guys are the reason we keep doing the show and we don't want to lie to you or give you any sort of reasons why things are, are not happening. So we just would rather let you guys know what's up. So now you know what's happening. So hopefully you'll join us on our next live show. If you can, hopefully there will be no technical issues and we can put the show out as we would like post haste following our, our live recording. So hopefully next time it's a tie cats win we're talking about, not, not such a demoralizing loss that we saw against the Argos, but uh, until that time, go cats go and uh, eat them raw.